is brought to you by Health Plans, your Medicare plans, insurance solutions, and resource agency. We have a variety of plans and products that fit your needs, benefit requirements, and budget. With many low or no-cost premium plans, zero co-pays, and much more. Our licensed benefits advisor's priority is your health and well-being. Call us today and book your no-obligation consultation. 1-929-367-5269. You are listening to Let's Talk About It with your show host, the celebrity doc, Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce. Hello, everybody. You know me, Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce, MD, the celebrity doc, and I am here with my co-host, Hisham Elamati, Hurricane H, and you are joining us for Chatters That Matters. Let's talk about it. We are here to educate, inform, and entertain you. Our show tonight will be featuring, featuring none other than one of my besties, Dr. Dennis Richardson, who is a DO from Pismo Beach Optometry Center, and he will give you more of his background, uh, telling us where he was educated, and he has a, a nice, rich history. So I am going to just bring him in, and we'll start to talk about it. Welcome, Dr. Dennis Richardson. Thank you for having me this evening. This is a real honor. Um, my history comes from being born and raised in Los Angeles, California, um, going to UC Davis. And I think Dr. Bryant Bruce may be a go little Aggies. familiar with UC Davis. <laughs> go um, Aggies. There we go. Go Aggies. I went to school, uh, optometry school in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Pennsylvania College of Optometry. I did an internship in Atlanta, Georgia at Omni Eye Services. And then after that, I went into um, private practice and actually at one point merged my office with a LASIK surgeon. So I have a lot of background in um, ocular disease, LASIK and cataracts. And uh, I relocated from Los Angeles approximately four and a half years ago to Pismo Beach. And I am the owner and operator of the Pismo Beach Optometric Center right here in Pismo. And so um, we just take care of everyone in this area, trying to just make sure everybody's, um, you know, as you say, it, it, part of this, um, 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 this presentation, educating people. Mm. Education is just really huge. And um, once people come in and we can educate them, they have a much better understanding of their eye conditions, how to preserve their health and just what's going on. So um, once again, it's not just about giving glasses and contact lenses. Education is huge. And so that's come. I'm really honored to be here on this show with you when you told me about what this is all about. It's I think it's really essential. Excellent. And the topic of our show today is eye health for eye health. So, and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, we are featured on EMBC TV network. And one of the places that you can see us is on eye health TV and you can hear us on eye health radio. So on eye health, we're talking eye health today. Now, 
Dr. Richardson, first off, I, I just want to um, delineate. Dr. Richardson is a DO. And it's actually an OD. OD, OD. Yeah, okay. and, and, the, and that was the reason that I brought that up, because we have DOs who are uh, doctors of osteopathy, and then we have ODs who are the optometrist. Okay. So just wanted to clarify that for some people who might have been uh, confused about that and thought, well, gee, I thought those were kind of the guys that manipulate you. Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, had, we had that. We had that. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I was like, oh, that's right. We just had uh, a DO. So, you know, let me differentiate those uh, those initials so people do understand that there is a difference. So we got bones and we got eyes. You know? yeah. so, um, anyway, uh, we want to talk a lot about preventive health and we want to talk uh, about what you actually can see. Why do people need to get an eye exam on a regular basis with an optometrist? What can you tell us? Oh, it's just really essential to have an annual exam, no matter whether you're five years old or if you're 90 years old. Um, our range of um, patients in our office literally is from five years old to 101, believe it or not. Um, yep. as the eye, um, as we, um, mature, things can occur, um, over 40, we started getting more, um, incidences of glaucoma. Mm -hmm. And once again, the glaucoma is definitely more prevalent in the African-American and Hispanic, um, um, populations. So because it's painless, a lot of people don't know they have glaucoma until um, they get an exam or unfortunately until they come in and say, well, I need some new glasses, but I can't see the TV anymore. And sometimes we just find it's a little bit too late. And so early detection is, is just of utmost importance. Other things, and, and Dr. Bryant Bruce, as you're aware, that diabetes is just rampant. And so diabetes is the number one cause of blindness. And a lot mm -hmm. of times someone will come in and when we have a good look in their eye, we do a dilated exam and take photos and do some other diagnostic testing. We can see the blood vessels leaking blood and the patient may not have any idea that they have diabetes or the other classic um, thing that we hear is, well, no, I used to have diabetes, but I feel great, so I don't, I don't take my medicine anymore. <laughs> Dr. Brian Bruce, you're laughing because you, you have heard this. Am I correct? I, I hear it regularly. And the, and the folks with the blood pressure, too. Same thing with the blood pressure. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, the eye exam just, just tells so much and it allows us to help patients because if we see things going on in their eye, then you better believe something else is going on systemically. And so, once again, that's what come, um, you know, most physicians and endocrinologists, PCPs, they always want to know what did we see in the back of a patient's eye? And that can help us, that can help us as a team better care for the patient and hopefully keep them living. So, once again, a lot of the things that we have, you know, that we do, um, a lot of the 
eye conditions are painless, so people don't know anything is wrong. And so that's how come an annual eye exam is just really, really, really important. And it's really important because a lot of times people don't realize that they have high blood pressure or they don't realize that they have diabetes. And sometimes the first indication is that the patient comes into me and says, well, I saw Dr. Richardson or, or Dr. whoever else it might be because I thought I needed glasses, but he uh -huh. told me that I needed to see my doctor because I might have high blood pressure or hypertension or a really, really bad example. This came from a personal experience. Um, I had a friend that I was dating at the time and we went in and we got our eye exam together and the optometrist said, I'm going to need you to see your doctor because there's something going on in your eyes. And so you need to go and get checked. And because he didn't have insurance, he didn't have the money, yada, 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 all the excuses people come up with, he hmm. did not go. Two years later, he was dead because oh. what she saw was a glioblastoma or a tumor in his brain pressing oh on his optic nerve and the optometrist could see that in his eyes to refer him to the doctor. So if your optometrist says that you have something going on in your eyes, it doesn't matter what it is. If your optometrist says, see your doctor, see your doctor. Wow. That's, that's a really severe case right there. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh my it, was, goodness. it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, you know, he went for almost two years, uh, complaining that his, his vision was bad, but he'd lost his glasses, so didn't think too much about it. It's like, have you gone and see your doctor? No, no, no. And then all of a sudden, bam, he was having severe headaches. And when he went in, it was it was too late. They went in, they opened up, and they closed right back up and said, you have three months. And he didn't even make it that far. So, oh, my goodness. That, you know, that's, that's sad. Yeah, this was, this was a young man, 50 years old. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so also, in addition to like finding um, um, systemic things going on, like diabetes, hypertension, tumors, um, other things that are of um, high incidence are age-related macular degeneration. That's mm -hmm. another big one. As the eye yeah. matures, um, our seniors, we, you know, they tend to get macular degeneration. And before there wasn't much that could be done for it. Now there is just state-of-the-art technology and treatments to preserve and actually kind of reverse some forms of macro degeneration, especially if it's the wet kind. The wet kind is the one where the blood vessels are leaking and that really takes your vision. It can take it really fast. So once again, we can see this, we can make the proper referrals and it can be treated. There's just incredible medications to treat macular degeneration right now. Um, can you tell our audience what macular degeneration is? Well, the macula is the center part of your retina. It's the part of your retina that is responsible for you seeing fine detail and for you seeing central vision. And so once your macula is affected, well, then your visual acuity, like reading on the chart, it diminishes your central vision, diminishes straight lines, become wavy lines, and um, it can lead to legal blindness if untreated. Mm -hmm. 
So the macula is where everything happens as far as fine detail and acuity. So if mm -hmm. um, that's affected, then we have a problem. So the main players in the back of the eye are your optic nerve, which goes directly to your brain. And that's mm -hmm. how come we need to screen for glaucoma because glaucoma will kill your optic nerve left untreated. It will just kill it. And then macrodegeneration, the macula, where um, once again, your visual acuity can be drastically affected. So once again, both of those things, they're painless. And so you don't know you have them. If you don't go in and have somebody take a look, you won't know you have it until one day you're just blind. Yeah, and these are things that are treatable, right? They're treatable, absolutely. And so with macrodegeneration, once again, the, the, the latest drugs, they actually help the blood vessels stop leaking blood because the mm -hmm. blood is what causes all the problems, the swelling in the back of the eye. Um, with glaucoma, the glaucoma treatments these days are absolutely phenomenal. It's constant uh, and continuous um, research and development in that field. There still is no actual cure for glaucoma, but with treatment, you can slow the process down immensely. So if someone has the glaucoma and it's untreated, you could literally go blind as little as two to five years. Wow. With treatment, that can be prolonged and you can stretch the, out the deterioration for 40 or 50 years. Mm -hmm. And every year there's just a better treatment. And the glaucoma mm -hmm. comes from having too much pressure building up in the eye, which in turn puts the pressure on your optic nerve and it kills the nerve. Mm -hmm. And it's a gradual process. You just don't go blind from glaucoma in a week. It's gradual. And that's come a lot of times the vision loss is gradual and you don't realize it. So right. the new medications, the new um, treatments, the diagnostic instruments that we have these days to detect glaucoma. And mm -hmm. to be honest with you, when I first started in optometry compared to now, our instrumentation that we have now compared to then, oh my goodness, it's like, how did we even practice without our technology that we have these days. How, you guys have how great you toys. You have oh, great toys. Oh, yeah, they're great toys. And once again, you know, they're, they're just really great on diagnostics. And without mm -hmm. them, it's like, oh, my goodness, what was I doing? How were we practicing? Because Back <laughs> in the dark so ages. Oh, my. Yeah. And, and it just constantly gets better. So it's it's exciting time to be in um, the eye care field. It's just really mm -hmm. exciting times. And mm -hmm. uh, other things not related to um, disease, and a lot of people are starting to become aware of this now, is the effects of blue light. And mm -hmm. Dr. William Bruce, have you heard <laughs> people talking about blue light? Yes. And so one of the things that we have discovered over the past few years, they did the research, blue light coming off of our computer screens, coming off of our um, mobile devices, our iPads, our iPhones. It's proven now that blue light causes damage to the eyes. One of the things that can happen, it can cause early cataract formation. It has a link to macro degeneration, causes dry eye. 
And this big one that no one knows about, and when I see their face in the exam chair, when I tell them about this last one, they all just, their mouth opens. Blue light affects your melatonin levels. Dr. Mm -hmm. Brian Bruce, what do we need melatonin for? We need melatonin to adjust our sleep-wake cycles, and it actually stimulates our hormonal cycles. And so it impacts pretty much every aspect of your existence. And it has a huge effect on your metabolism. It does. And once again, you know, people, they don't realize that melatonin, when you affect your melatonin levels, it affects your sleep. And the number of people that say, well, I look at my cell phone when I'm in bed so I can go to sleep. And then when I tell them this, they're like, is that why I can't sleep? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yep. don't, look at, don't look at your phone while you're in the bed. Don't do it. Shut yes. it down. Well, it is recommended to, to kind of stay away from any screen at least an hour before and not having a phone or lights in front of you. And by the way, talking about the... Uh, the blue lights. I mean, I, this happened to me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a point where I was literally in front of the screen all the time and my eyes started hurting. It just like, I felt like a burning sensation. And then I, I purchased, uh, you know, the, the blue light protective, you know, glasses. And this, this like few years already. And since the minute I started using them when I'm on screen, I mean, even right now, my setup, it's blue, blue light protective. So uh, it, that helped the difference. And I can feel the difference without them. You know, half hour and my eyes start hurting with them mm-hmm. i don't feel anything and literally and it's tested it works and you know for people out there it, it's it's and i know you guys have those coatings that you put on the on the glasses so it is it works <laughs> and i'm not going to say more because you are the doctor and you'll you'll tell our audiences about it but i am actually a client and it works <laughs> i'm a patient here <laughs> good, good, good. touched on dry eye let's talk about dry eye because that's a, a a big deal and a lot of people are like oh my vision's going bad i can't see but the real problem is that they have dry eye and if the the eye is attended to and moisturized all of a sudden their vision clears up uh, when they put the drops in. So talk to me about dry eye. Well, dry eye, there's actually a couple of um, um, couple of different types of dry eye. Mm-hmm. One is related to just not having enough tears. Some people just mm-hmm. don't produce tears. Their lacrimal glands just don't produce tears. Some people, um, they don't have tears because a lot of times people are dehydrated. I'm sure Dr. Brian Bruce, you, you see a whole bunch of dehydration. I know you do. Yes, indeed. Like most of the population. Isn't that something? And so Mm -hmm. when we have our dry eye, the type where you don't have much tears, the surface of the eye just dries out and it does affect your vision. Okay. Also, what people don't understand is that with dry eye, when we're looking at our screens like we are right now, our blink rate diminishes. So Dr. Brian Bruce, when we're out, if we're out talking about all this great wine up here in the Central Coast and Hurricane Age, how cool he is in Jersey, if we're just sitting down there without our screen talking, you and I, we're gonna blink anywhere from 11 to 16 times a minute. Soon as we get in front of our computer screen, our blink rate diminishes down to as little as one to two times per minute. And this is all documented. Because we don't blink, our tears evaporate into the environment. So if we don't have a bunch of tears, that little bit that we have just 
evaporates and that's how come the eye gets really dry the front surface becomes um damaged and um it's a problem the other type of um dry eye is actually due to just having poor tear chemistry so there's three mm -hmm. components of your tears there's a fat there's mucus and there's water in the proper um combinations everything is great your eyes are properly lubricated your corneas are, are, are healthy you see fantastic your eyes aren't burning or feeling like they're sanding them if one of those um, um components is out of whack then once again you just have bad tears that don't coat the surface properly so there's things that we can do before it was just give you a little bottle of artificial tears and say Dr. Brian Bruce, thanks for coming in today. Here are your artificial tears. We'll see you next time. Well, now, because there is so much more, this is once again an area where there's just been extensive research and it's continuous. There's many treatments for dry eye because a lot of it has to do with the actual eyelids and the little glands inside the eyelids called the meibomian glands. They allow, they, um, produce a component that's essential for the tear chemistry to be, you know, proper. And so now there's things that's that we can that do. That's fatty component, right? That's the fatty component called the mybum. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so once again, there's things that we can do to um, stimulate the um, production of the mybum. Sometimes the little glands are just clogged up and that can mm -hmm. just happen as the eye matures. And so there's things that we can do. There's things that we do to um, stimulate the production. And once again, it's um, quite extensive. There also are state-of-the-art um, pharmaceuticals now, eye drops, that mm -hmm. um, are just absolutely fantastic for, um, for dry eye. And a lot of them are out there. And um, I'm not going to go into any specific names because I'm, right. I'm not right. afraid. <laughs> I don't want to create any type of bias no, or oh. So, But there are some really good. And once again, by going to your optometrist and letting them know what that issue is, it's um, really important. Also, working um, optometrists working in conjunction with LASIK surgeons and cataract surgeons, it's really mm -hmm. important to get good outcomes from cataract surgery or LASIK surgery if the eyes are not dry eyes. If you have dry mm -hmm. eyes, then the results are not going to be very well and the patient will be right. very disappointed. Right. So dry eye is, is just huge. That's such mm -hmm. a big, big thing. Big. Thank you for asking about that because mm -hmm. there's just so much more to treating it now than just giving you a little tiny bottle of artificial tear eye drops. Right, right, absolutely. Now I'm going to, to digress onto something that you just uh, talked about, the cataracts, because it made a question pop up in my, in my head. And that question is, because of all of the computer screen time that the younger people are having now, are you seeing cataracts earlier? Oh, my. <laughs> Dr. Brian Bruce. <laughs> what a question. Yes. <laughs> and so interesting that you asked that. This is because um, before when we used to see cataracts in 70, 80-year-olds, 
we're mm-hmm. seeing cataracts in 50-year-olds. And we're not talking about 50-something. We're talking about 50. We've mm-hmm. had so many patients coming in at age 50 saying that, hey, I can't see out of my glasses anymore. And when we actually take a look at their human lens, their human lens looks like it's an 80-year-old's human lens. And they all have this common denominator. You ask them, well, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an engineer. Oh, I'm a website designer. I'm a graphic artist. Something where they're on their computer eight hours a day. Then they go home and do a little bit more and then look at their mobile device or their laptop. Mm -hmm. And so because of, once again, the blue light coming off these devices, yes, to answer your question, cataract formation is occurring sooner now because of these um, uh, of blue light. The big question: yeah, we're you, gonna... you, you actually see people as young as age five, and the kids are now. I mean, you know, they, they come out of the womb with a computer in their in their hand. Um, are you seeing cataracts in the children? You know, at this particular time, we are not. But the great question that you have right there well when this pandemic hit and all these kids were staying at home everybody was doing school from home in addition to all the uh amusement and entertainment um Mm -hmm. you have posed a really interesting question that in our profession we have to wait and see we don't know if a five-year-old or six-year-old who was at home during the pandemic um if they're going to have cataracts when they're 15, that is just an incredible question. We do not know. And once again, a child, because they have shorter arms, the device is closer to their face, mm-hmm. and the human lens is just so pure and clear. There's nothing to really filter out any type of um, blue light or ultraviolet radiation. Mm-hmm. We just have to wait and see what pops up in 10 years. Interesting to see what happens in five to 10 years on on, uh, health levels across the board, because so much came with that pandemic, the injections, the virus itself. You know, there's a whole lot of we don't know what we're going to be looking at in five and 10 years. And, you know, a whole lot of suspicion that we'll see some morbidity uh, resulting from all of this. I will bet money on that. It will be sooner than later. I'm <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, five or ten years from from now is is going to be kind of of ugly, and we really need to be battening down the hatches to prepare for it and to try and mitigate it uh, as much as possible. And I really like to talk prevention because I mean there are things we can do from a, a preventive angle to try and optimize our health. You know, it may not completely keep us from running into the issues that may come, but it may at least mitigate them some so that they're not as bad. So let's talk a little bit of prevention now. What are some of the preventive things that people can do uh, to optimize their visual health? Well, first of all, um, when you're outdoors, by all means, please wear sunglasses that have ultraviolet protection. Wear a hat, cap, or visor to catch the rays that are coming down um, diagonally and from above. Um, ultraviolet radiation uh, does damage. Number one, it can, once again, cause um, cataracts. It does 
have a link to macro degeneration also. It also causes these um, really ugly things called pterygiums. And pterygiums are growths on the outside of the eye. And it starts to grow across the front of your eye. Sometimes people would kind of look at you and say, what is that thing growing on your eye? It's a pterygium. It's a um, um, tissue. And it feeds off of ultraviolet radiation. And we will find um, pterygiums in pretty much 100% of farmers, 100% of surfers. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's been out in the sun and been out in the sun and around dust, pterygiums are going to grow. So mm -hmm. one way to, to stop them or slow down the process, good sunglasses with ultraviolet protection, hat cap or visor. Um, other prevention, as far as macro degeneration, we always encourage um, um, consuming antioxidants, you know, enjoy some blueberries, some pomegranate, enjoy your um, uh, green leafy veggies, um, you know, things with omega-3 fatty acids mm -hmm. and um you know speaking my language yeah <laughs> diet diet has a lot to do with it. it it can really help um you know preserve your your eyes and um you know those are basic things that that we encourage and once again try to educate uh, our patients about so Dr. Richardson is, uh, like I said, he's speaking my, my language, and you've heard me time and again say, you know, eat your omegas and shop the rainbow when you go to the store. You know, those bright colored fruits and veggies <laughs> have a lot of benefit, a yep. lot of benefit across the board for your health and clearly for your, your ocular health there of, of significant importance as well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The other thing I heard you say earlier that, uh, you know, again, that's one of those things that we, we talk about being important, but it's probably one of the things that's, uh, you know, kind of not really high up on people's thought processes in terms of, of eye health is drinking water. Oh, drinking my goodness. <laughs> Hydration. Oh, my. We need, we, we need water. We need water. And, you know, when we talk about hydration, when I talk about hydration, I might have someone who's coming in with a dry eye or someone who's wearing uh, contact lenses. Mm -hmm. So with contact lenses, you need tears in your eyes for them to be comfortable. And a lot of times people will come in with, you know, uncomfortable contact lenses and their eyes feel dry. And when I'll ask them about, well, do you hydrate? Do you drink plenty of fluids? Oh, yeah, I drink plenty of fluids. I drink six cups of coffee a day. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about water. No. What? And, and just for the record, just for the record, people, although there is water in coffee, coffee <laughs> dehydrates. Okay. <laughs> it is a diuretic and it dehydrates. <laughs> Dr. Brian Bruce, I'm telling you, you know how many people have told me what I make my coffee with water. So I'm getting my water and I have to keep a straight face, right? We can laugh right now. But... <laughs> so, <laughs> so having, um, you know, water, you, you need water. And once again, that's going to give you better tear chemistry. And um, once again, help with the health of the eye. 
And for all of those out there who say, I don't like water, um, (laughs) you can actually kill two birds with one stone here because you heard him say water and you heard him say antioxidants. And if you put a little lemon juice or a little lime juice in that water, it gives the water flavor and you have antioxidants, a high dose of vitamin C going into that water. So you've got two benefits there and the water tastes better. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'm going to try and, and, and tell people about that squeeze of lime. Because, you know, I do that. The squeeze of lemon, squeeze yeah. of lime. And a little I, squeeze of orange juice, a little squeeze of pineapple. It doesn't matter what type, type of juice. But caveat being, use the real juice of the fruit. Don't get the little sugary juice cocktail mix and oh, no. put that in, in your water. That's just adding sugar that your body doesn't need. But if you use real fruit juice, whether it's pineapple or orange or grapefruit, lemon, lime, whatever, you're adding those antioxidants that are so good for your body. So I saw Hurricane H uh, laughing about that coffee comment. <laughs> Hurricane, did we get a nerve? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, actually, no, no, no. He Water. knows somebody. <laughs> I, I he knows somebody who consumes a lot of coffee. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I, I, I drink coffee, so don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I get at least two cups a day, but but I definitely drink a lot more water. I mean, I, 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 water is, that's the essential liquid of life. I mean, you can't, you can't go without it. And I think, unfortunately. He says two cups a day, but what do those cups look like is my question. <laughs> I don't have one next to me, but they're pretty big. <laughs> well, actually, no, not, not, not the kind of, uh, you know, one of those jugs that you get from uh, a local store, like, you know, one of those gas stations. No, just small, regular cups, you know, with uh, some nice coffee. And that's about it. I just need my little fix. (laughs) The office all the time, they say, oh, I only drink two cups of of coffee or I only drink two cans of beer. And it's like, dude, if you drink two cans of the tall beer, each of those cans has 24 ounces. That's three glasses of beer. You drink two of them. You've had a six pack. You know, that's a six pack. Okay. Well, well, you know, we're talking about the, the coffee. You know, we're we're joking about it, but but water. Yes. I mean, doctor. I mean, you you know this. We've had the first show we had you and I, uh, doctor, was about preventative medicine, right? And and and, and looking mm-hmm. at that, water is not just. I mean, your eyes ultimately, but your kidneys, everything. You know, everything. The, your skin. I mean, everything. everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're not drinking enough water. That's a problem across the board. Period. The bowel movement, you name it, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, yeah, and, and, so, and that's a really that's a really big deal for all of our our midlifers. I mean, you know, half of the population, more than half of the population, are boomers and beyond. And so water is a big deal for them, you know, as they're in the mirror checking for the wrinkles before you reach for the eye cream. The first thing you should be asking is, "Am I drinking enough water?" And, you know, that water, that water will significantly affect the aging process. Uh, it's like plants, right? If they, they, you know, we're just same, right? <laughs> it's, it's normal. You put more water into it, not too much, the right amount, and it's green and it's nice. And if you, you leave them there without any water, they just dry up. So same thing with us. People don't put that analogy, but it's, it's, it's fact. That's you know. perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. I like that one. <laughs> we, we are. I mean, you know, just similar, right? Uh, so, so I did have one thing. You know, about you mentioned about the cataract. Uh, you know, uh, piece. Uh, can can we expand on just what that looks like? You know, for for audiences, because you know, I I have seen actually the process personally, and uh, 
it's pretty simple. I mean, it's 10, 15 minutes, but you know, can you just guide us through that whole uh, experience and what it means for people? Uh, uh, doctor, Absolutely. I mean, and so cataracts, um, I say it's our human lens that becomes cloudy and there's different types of cataracts. Um, things that typically happen are that, um, the vision decreases. People tend to say that, um, you know, it seems like I just need more light to, to, to read and see things now. Um, there's problems with glare, excessive glare. Mm. And some people actually see halos around lights at night, around street signals or headlights or look up at the moon and they'll see a big old halo around the moon. So as the eye matures, um, the lens tends to get more dense and thick and cloudy. Um, with current technology, totally different from previous technology. Before, they used to take just the entire lens out of the eye. And then people would either have um, really thick glasses. Eventually, they actually start uh, using intraocular lens implants, which is a prescription lens that they put in place of the lens that's removed, the human lens. So it's an artificial lens. Um, current technology, when they were taking the, the, the entire lens out, there's jelly in the eye. That's how the eye holds its shape. It's called vitreous humor. When they would remove the entire lens, the vitreous would come flying forward through your pupil and it would take the retina with it. So everybody was getting retina detachments. So in the old days, they had to actually put people in a bed and lay them head on their back with um, sandbags on the side of their head so their head would move for a few weeks to try to stabilize the eye. They figured out that this wasn't working. So now what they do, I always um, give an analogy that a cataract is like a, um, a Ziploc bag with a bunch of cloudy stuff in it. And the state-of-the-art procedures now are that you go in, the cataract surgeon will go in, make a little circle, cut a little circle on the front portion of that Ziploc bag, remove it. There's a special device called a phacal emulsifier. It uses um, high frequency sound waves. It shatters all the cloudy stuff inside that cataract, inside that Ziploc bag. It shatters mm -hmm. it, sucks it out. The back part of that Ziploc bag, known as the posterior capsule, stays in place. And that keeps the vitreous from flying forward. Mm -hmm. They put the intraocular lens implant in now. Now the technology is absolutely phenomenal. And so before the lens would only be um, just one prescription and you could have the prescription for your distance vision. You could have it for your computer vision or you could have it for your closed vision. Now they have technology that allows you to have all of the above where you can see far, computer, and close with state-of-the-art technology in intraocular lens implants. And cataract surgery before, it was one of those things where, you know, you just delay it as long as you can. Now, it's like, I tell patients, I say, especially the ones with the really high prescriptions, I tell them that, oh, I can't wait for you to get cataracts. Because, <laughs> yeah, and they look at me, I'm like, yeah. And so you'll have someone who was like incredibly nearsighted, okay? I mean, yeah. literally who couldn't see more than like maybe 12 inches 
in from in front of their face where everything would be blurry after 12 inches. They'll get cataract surgery, and all of a sudden, literally, literally, within 30 minutes, they're seeing 2020 with no glasses or contact lenses. And the responses that I have had in my office after someone's gotten cataract surgery have just been phenomenal. I have people sit in my chair and they literally just get choked up and say, I haven't seen like this in my entire life. I've worn glasses mm -hmm. as long as I can remember. And now I can see without any glasses. I, I, I just can't believe it. So that has to be so rewarding for you. It's, it's, it's quite rewarding. It really is. And once again, it's to share something with you. I've actually had cataract surgery. Also, mm -hmm. and I developed cataracts early. I was incredibly nearsighted. And then once again, I went to a, a really good cataract surgeon in um, West LA. And I literally woke up the next morning, looked across the room. I could see the numbers on my little um, uh, ADT security um, that... alarm pad. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> from across the room. And it scared me to death. I'm like, something's wrong. Whoa. And then, you know, I got used to it. So once again, I'm just a, a, a total fan of cataract surgery. Of course, you know, you do have to have a good surgeon, someone who is definitely um, up to speed. All cataract surgeons are not created equal. Um, once again. Do your homework. Pardon? I said, do your homework. Research your doctor. Absolutely. You want to do your research. Absolutely. And um, it, once again, I think cataract surgery is absolutely fantastic. It used to be the criteria was if you um, couldn't see better than 2040 on the visual acuity chart, then it was time. Now that criteria is totally different. The criteria is, is your vision, is it causing something in your daily life that you cannot do anymore that you can't be comfortable with and mm -hmm. examples are like um i have a lot of golfers and i'll have guys that, and ladies come in and say i can't see my ball after 70 feet i'm asking people in my group where my ball is mm -hmm. that's a good indication to get cataract surgery okay artists mm -hmm. you know because um cataracts can affect how you see colors mm -hmm. and so, so i have people that will tell me that um you know, people were telling them, their clients were saying, your work is different. It doesn't look right. And right. because they can't see the colors. And right. so, um, once again, the criteria has changed. If something's affecting your life, if, you know, you're having problems driving at night, um, get your cataracts taken out. You'll be happy camper. Yeah, Doctor, you mentioned something about when someone has nearsight or other problems, right? And they can do it. Now, if someone, can someone opt out without having a cataract problem, just having different problems and just say, okay, I'd like to have the cataract to just get a, a better visual effect, you know, overall early on, even if it's not too late? That's a great question. And so there are some individuals who are young and they just have extremely high prescriptions. And they're contact lens wearers. All of a sudden, they can't wear contact lenses because their eyes may be dry or they may have allergic response. And so for those individuals, there's a thing where they actually do what's called a refractive lens exchange. 
And that's basically doing cataract surgery without really having a cataract. Mm -hmm. And so that is an option. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to doing that, but, um, that is available now. There are, are, are surgeons that are doing that successfully with young people who have, I can say, extremely high prescriptions where it's actually, um, you know, handicapping the person. For midlifers, um, you know, pretty much right at 40, bam, the eyes start changing and we start to have some, some vision issues. And my father was recently telling me that there is a new, um, a new treatment out there uh, where you can actually use drops and it improves the vision and takes it basically back to, to normal. Can you expound on that? Because you know, he, he, oh, it was something that he saw in passing and I was like, okay, well, I need to talk about this. And so they have um, come out. It's a drop that was used a long time ago, primarily for the treatment of glaucoma. It's a derivative mm -hmm. of what's called pilocarpine. And so Carpine. it's a lower dosage of pilocarpine. And the reason that it allows um, individuals to see clearer close up is pilocarpine constricts your pupil. So it makes your pupils really tiny. And mm -hmm. so by making your pupils really tiny, it actually gives you clarity. You think of it like you're subtracting blurry vision. There we go. So it basically has what's <laughs> called a pinhole effect. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not a fan of that, mainly mm -hmm. because I don't know why anybody would want to walk around with their pupils constricted all day. Mm -hmm. And then there's all these warnings about that, too, because, um, yeah. once again, as you can imagine, if your pupil is really tiny, driving at nighttime could be a little bit of a challenge because right. your pupil is so small. You know, when it gets dark, our pupils dilate so we can get more mm -hmm. light in our eyes so we can see better. And mm -hmm. so this drop does just the opposite. Um, you know, it's a it's an idea. You know, it's a concept. I'm not a proponent of it because, once again, of all the, the other side effects. But, right. um, once again, it is a technology. They're always what trying to find are the some of the side effects of pilocarpine. Pardon me? I said, what are some of the side effects of using a pilocarpine type of drop? Well, one of them that used to be, um, one of the bad side effects used to be people who get these really bad headaches. Mm -hmm. that, that was a big one. And so that's mm -hmm. how come um, when um, it was used for glaucoma, you know, it was all that was really available back then in com combination with some other drops. But pilocarpine was one of the main drops, but headaches, just bad headaches. And then mm -hmm. once again, like I said, your, your pupils are, are small, so you're always um, struggling. You just don't always, you don't have enough light to see anything. Right. So, you know, those right. are the main effects of pilocarpine. But yeah. I mean, that is available. It has come out not too long ago, and yeah. it's there. <laughs> now, another uh, another issue that people have that I wanted to talk about and whether there's anything that can be uh, done with it, and I know it can be an issue uh, with contacts, is astigmatism. Talk to us about astigmatism. So astigmatism is the uneven shape of the uh, front of the eye, the cornea. 
And so instead of being perfectly round or spherical, where the curves are equal in all directions, you have one curve that is different in shape than the other curve. And they're usually perpendicular to each other. So that's what astigmatism is. The word sounds so bad when you tell someone they have astigmatism. You know, they're like, well, Doc, how long do I have to live? No, 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 it's not, it's not that bad. So astigmatism causes a distortion in your vision, and it can be corrected with either glasses or contact lenses. Um, mm -hmm. State-of-the-art technology and contact lenses great for astigmatism. Before, there wasn't much available. It was strictly hard lenses to try to create a nice even surface on the cornea. Now there's soft mm -hmm. lenses that do that. Mm -hmm. We are always concerned about astigmatism, though, especially with high amounts because of a corneal degeneration called keratoconus. Mm -hmm. And this is something where the cornea, it just literally degenerates. It becomes very thin it starts to bow out and form like a, like a cone, literally like a cone. And now there are treatments for that to, um, it's called corneal cross-linking, or it's like a rebar for the cornea to reinforce it. And it uses a riboflavin and ultraviolet light. And it reinforces the cornea. So before there wasn't much we could do about keratoconus, the eye would just deteriorate, the vision would um, just diminish. And then at some point, the eye would actually become painful because of the nerve fibers on the cornea being affected. And the ultimate um, result would be a cornea transplant. So now- and just as a refresher um, for, for those who may not re remember because this isn't their, their area, the cornea is the colored part of, of the eye there. And riboflavin, riboflavin is a vitamin. So yes. just so that you know so what the that cornea, is. The cornea actually covers the colored part of our eye. The colored part mm -hmm. of our eye is the iris. And mm -hmm. the cornea is that clear covering that goes mm -hmm. over the iris. And so it's, it's the uh, eye skin, right? It's the equivalent of the skin. It's not a skin. It's a clear tissue. It's clear mm -hmm. tissue. It's, it's avascular. There's no, no, right. um, no blood supply, and it's literally just it's it's, it's a it's a window. It's a it's a it's, a, it's just mm -hmm. a window. It's the first part of the eye, for which allows you to see. You have to go through mm -hmm. that front window, and then you go through your pupil. Then you go through your human lens, which is the mm -hmm. other part to mm -hmm. make everything focus on the back of your eye, your retina. So mm -hmm. with the cornea, once again, there was, um, it, when you had someone who had keratoconus, it was just a matter of waiting until they needed a cornea transplant, trying to find a good donor. And mm -hmm. it was pretty bad. But now technology um, is just amazing. So once again, we always like to check children for, you know, it's important to have a child get his eyes, his or her eyes checked to see if they do indeed have astigmatism. You know, if it's a large amount of astigmatism, you know, we're concerned and we have to monitor that yeah. and see if there is, um, you know, at what point do we need to initiate treatment? But um, it's just something that, once again, if you don't get it checked, you won't know about it. Now, I might miss something here. But you said that 
people used to have to wait a long time because they had to wait for a match for the corneal transplant. At this point in time, is uh, are they still having to worry about uh, a match and rejection and that kind of stuff? Or is there some sort of artificial material that's being um, generated that's being used for the, the corneal replacement? Right now, it's human tissue. So there, there's actually donor, donors. There's a pretty large bank of um, um, donor corneas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, once again, much better than, than before. So there, there is, there is uh, availability. So for all of those of you who have filled out the little back of the, the, the card for your driver's license and uh, have agreed to be organ donors, thank you for that mm -hmm. because yeah. you can save other people's vision. You can save other people's lives with the organs that you donate. Mm -hmm. You know, Doctor, I'm listening to you, both of you, and, and it all goes back to key element preventative prevention early detection uh, you, you know like it is like, so much easier to prevent than it is to treat and, and, and this starts to your point doctor early on i mean this you don't wait too long i mean i think from the moment that, that the baby is born i mean there's doctors that check their eyes and and throughout the cycle and as they they grow i mean we all have to go through those things but sometimes you know, coming from an insurance space, I think there is one problem that we encounter, especially in our healthcare system, is that the cost sometimes can be a, a problem. And people are always afraid to go to doctor, any type of doctor, uh, because they think it's going to cost me money or I can't afford the glasses. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's that's always going to be a challenge. But, but understanding that there are a lot of ways you can get through this stuff and there are insurance programs, there are different, you know, even discounts available and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. In your expertise uh, as, a, as, a, as, as a specialist, uh, are there any things that you can, I guess, recommend to people that are listening and watching in the event that they may not have the ability or they have fear of not, you know, uh, being able to afford some sort of procedure? Well, for, um, let's say being out here in California, um, we have what's called, um, Sencal, that's the central coast equivalent equivalent of uh, Medi-Cal. Okay. And so Medi-Cal is definitely um, um, something that takes care of a lot of people. And so um, and there are a lot of other um, clinics that actually do cater to uh, low income. And mm -hmm. so there's definitely um, um, availability. And um, but once again, the Medi-Cal or, or Sencal. That's huge. In other states, it's um, Medicaid. Medicaid. Where, mm -hmm. And Medicaid is for, once again, you know, for, for low income. And there's um, access. There's definitely access. And one of the things about Medicaid and Medi-Cal that uh, people should know is although it is to assist low income, um, there are a lot of programs within the, the Medicaid uh, system. So you still may be able to afford it if you're not just on the poverty level, because people think, oh, in order for me to be on Medicaid, I have to be on poverty level. No, that is not the case. And yes, you can have a job and still have mm -hmm. Medi-Cal or, or, yeah. or Medicaid. So, you know, certainly if you're, struggling with your your finances don't allow that 
to be a barrier to you getting help, go ahead and go out and research it. You can, you know, stop in on any of your socials, uh, social services, uh, offices and inquire about it. Nowadays, you can go on online and, uh, you can find out about different types of in- insurances. There are insurance brokers uh, online. And if you, you know, if you have some questions, Hurricane Elamanti is an absolute expert in the in the area of the insurance industry and you can throw us a question you know don't don't be shy about sending questions we want you to like this show we want you to comment on this show because your your comments are the things that we'll answer if you have questions we're happy to, to answer them so if you have questions about insurance please definitely reach out to us if uh, you don't know where to go i, I just also, I, go ahead doctor no, uh, please go, and then I'll I'll just uh, add something. On on the insurance, there's also non-insurance entities that do provide um, um, health care and eye care. And up here, yes. we have the Lions Club. There are other organizations that they're just there. They they, they especially for children. And mm-hmm. all you have to do is just ask them, and mm-hmm. and they'll take care. They they will pay for an eye exam and glasses. For children, once again, the Lions Club is one of them, and I'm sure that you know um, if you just research in your city and find these little organizations, they're there because they want to help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, and I, I, go ahead, <laughs> right, no, no, I was just going to add. You know, so so we covered a lot of them, but but for seniors, that's also a question because Medicare, unfortunately. <laughs> does not cover your vision and uh, Medic- Me- Medicare Advantage, you know, does. So so for those folks that might need glasses, a lot of plans out there uh, really have good programs available across the nation where you can get the glasses. And sometimes the allowance is pretty good. So you can still get that. So again, just to cover the angle, you know, you can get the services and a lot of the services can be covered, you know, one way or the other. So it's just a matter of asking and thank doctor, as you said, we can receive those questions. We'll be more than happy to answer more details and guide you the right way. To talk about Medicare, um, one of the misconceptions of Medicare is that they don't cover an eye exam. Medicare, they actually do. It's, it's considered medical. So once again, if a patient, and I mean, there's not many 60, 70, 80-year-olds who don't have cataracts or dry mm-hmm. eye. So mm-hmm. these are medical conditions. And so when our seniors with Medicare come in, I mean, they do get the full eye exam. They do get a refraction. The refraction is the part that determines um, what your eyeglass prescription is. Medicare does not um, pay for that little piece. A lot of times it comes out to be $35 and they'll pick up the rest. Medicare will take care of the rest of the, of, of the bill. And, um, the also with the Medicare, they also have what were called the supplements. Yeah. And some of these supplements have um, uh, actual vision plan insurance. One of them yeah. is vision service plan. Another one's IMIT, where they're actually linked to their Medicare. They're part of their benefits. So the Medicare will take care of the um, services. And then their um, other supplement, the, the vision insurance, will take care of the glasses. You know, there might be a $10, $20 copay. So there's definitely um, um, things related to Medicare where 
once again, we can keep our seniors seen and keeping keeping their vision healthy by all means. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then uh, one of the questions that I have is with all of the advances that we have, have on the eye front, um, both in optometry and in ophthalmology, are we seeing a decrease in blindness? Yes, I would say absolutely. And once again, just if nothing else, just an age-related macrodegeneration, we, mm -hmm. we've seen decreases in blindness from that. And uh, diabetic retinopathy, we're seeing decreases. But once again, that little caveat is if the patient doesn't come in to be treated, we can't, you know, get those numbers, keep those numbers down. So it, the technology is there. Yes, we are definitely preventing blindness. It's it's a whole, and the thing is, this is happening in, in short periods. Mm -hmm. Five years in our profession now, it, it, it's 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 fast. The changes that occur in just five years are just phenomenal. Five years ago, some of these treatments seem like they're primitive. They seem like they were during the time of the caveman. And so things are moving really fast. And mm -hmm. it's just constant research and development to, as you just said, save vision, stop people from going blind. So, And so I, 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 I want to go back and I always like to, to bring it back home to nutrition. I mean, there are third world, third world countries all over the world that are still suffering grave um, eye morbidity. And the reason for that comes down to poor diet, uh, food deserts, things of this. Even within this country, we have food, food deserts, uh, places in the inner cities, places uh, that are low income that don't have good access to high quality food and you see differences in the health health disparities because mm. of it so you know when we talk about prevention prevention on all levels but certainly prevention on the the level of, of eye health when we talk about antioxidants and such um again it comes back to let's get that good nutrition in there let's let's eat those fruits and veggies eat from the rainbow and get those omega-3s in there and there you know there are lots of ways to get omega-3s in from the omega-3 rich fruits to nuts i mean omega-3 rich fish nuts omega-3 rich fruits like avocados so you know there are lots of ways to get those in i mean for all those folks who say oh i don't like fish okay I'm not going to eat the fish. There are other ways to get them in, but it is important to have that balanced, rich diet. It does help with prevention of, you know, things that affect all aspects of the body and certainly affect the eyes. And one little interesting thing um, that I'll note is I used to do a, a thing called the Do You See Me workshops, and they were a diversity workshop for people with disabilities to help people understand what it was like to have a disability and to see people with disabilities as people with different 
abilities. And so one of the things that we would do is we would go in and we would, quote, disable them. And, you know, they, they were assigned different disabilities. They might be assigned a physical disability, like, you know, a, a leg um, might be tied up so that they couldn't use that leg and they had to use crutches or a cane or whatever. Um, some people, we plugged their hearing so that they became hearing impaired. And some people, we blindfolded them. We made them visually impaired. And we actually did this in the schools and it was with the uh, approval of the parents. So we would do it for three days. So they were not only challenged in school, but they were also challenged at home. And it was an agreement with the parents that they would not remove whatever their disability was. So they actually had to go through three days of their life in the shoes of someone who had different challenges. And what was astounding to me was how, um, I don't know, I can't think of the word I want, um, how much trauma it caused the people who were blinded in comparison to the other uh, disabilities, how much more challenged they were. And so your eye health is, is extremely important. So much of how we interact with our world and the information that we take in from our world is taken in through those peepers. So it's really important to, to keep them healthy it's really important to go see your optometrist and get that regular checkup so that if anything is going on, early prevention. So, so I, I want to just ask one more thing, um, which you mentioned it briefly, Doctor, was, was LASIK, you know, mm. for our diseases. I mean, I know we talked cataract and, and different other treatments, but what is LASIK, you know, for our people and how does that differ from from like a cataract surgery? And uh, is there an age limit to it? And, you know, that kind of thing. So great question. And so um, the difference between LASIK and cataracts are two different um, areas of the eye are being operated on with the cataract. That's behind the eye. That's behind the iris, behind the colored part of your eye. The LASIK is like Dr. Brian Bruce was just talking about the, the cornea. That's the front of the eye. And so what the cornea does, it bends light. And so if it doesn't bend the light properly, that's how we are either farsighted, nearsighted, or have astigmatism or any combination of farsighted with astigmatism or nearsighted with astigmatism. So what is done is that the cornea, kind of picture the cornea being like an Oreo cookie. Okay, so with LASIK, the top part of that Oreo cookie, there's a little circle that's cut with the laser. It's removed. So the top part of the Oreo cookie is folded back. The creamy filling is reshaped. And so it's reshaped into a prescription. Hmm. And then the Oreo top part of that Oreo cookie gets put back down on top. And so within just um, a few seconds, literally, that's how fast the lasers are working now. It's literally within a few seconds. The cornea has been altered. And so once again, the creamy filling, the, the center part of the cornea has been altered and a prescription has been um, created underneath the 
the top part underneath the, what's called the flap. Uh, once again, this procedure takes literally just seconds to perform. And um, LASIK, there's just millions and millions of successful cases. I've worked with LASIK surgeons since 2004, actually. And um, I, I've wholeheartedly believed in LASIK because it works. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times it was kind of sad in our profession at the time. Optometrists thought that LASIK was a fad. So Hurricane H, if you had come into an optometrist's office and they were asking you about LASIK in the 80s, they would quickly say, <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's like rap music. It's a fad. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now that worked out. <laughs> 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 Whereas I knew that this was pretty much revolutionary, that people are going to want LASIK. The ability to not have to wear glasses or contact lenses? Oh, my goodness. And so to answer your question about as far as the age range, you want to have an eye that's not changing. So for a lot of people, um, if you're nearsighted, you're going to get more nearsighted up until you're mid to late 20s. So you need your prescription to be stable for at least two years without changes. At that point, um, LASIK um, uh, is a good option. It does have its limitations. And so that's when you brought up that topic about people with high prescriptions who could get, could they get cataract surgery without having cataracts? That's one of the situations where that would be relevant. So from LASIK, I say it does have its limitations. Um, once again, it is something that stable eye, when you reach in your 40s, as Dr. Brian Bruce was saying, how things change. Now you have to take in consideration the ability to see things clear close up. Mm -hmm. So. A lot of times, if you have someone who has LASIK when they're 30, they're going to probably get a good 10, 15 years of clear vision, both far and close. And then they'll start to probably need glasses just for seeing close up. Mm -hmm. As you get older, um, I wouldn't recommend LASIK because at some point you're going to get cataracts. So if you get LASIK, well, then it's not going to hold. It's, it's not going to be clear because you're going to have cataracts. So you're going to have two procedures done that were, you know, you only needed one done. So, mm. but LASIK is, is just a great um, um, option for vision correction right now. Once again, the technology is absolutely phenomenal. The lasers that they have, fantastic. When they cut that little flap, remember I was telling you about the top part of the Oreo cookie? They used mm -hmm. to use a little blade called a microkeratome, and they would have a blade and it would cut. Now they use lasers, and the laser is so precise that it cuts mm -hmm. this flap. And then when the top of that cornea is put back down, it's like a manhole cover being put in the manhole. And so there's less complications, faster healing. Um, once again, it's pretty painless. It's People are up and functional the next day. Now, so, a lot of surgeries are being done robotically these days. Are they? Are you also seeing that in the uh, area of, of ophthalmology? Um, no. That, no. Okay. There, so it's still it's still hand done. It's still done by hand. Once again, okay. uh, there's um, um, uh, assistance from 
you know, technology. Once again, the systems right. from lasers. That that's the big one that's, right. that's really better revolutionary uh -huh. right now. So someone uh -huh. doesn't have to do things free-handed, but you know, right. someone has to operate the technology. And that's right. where the, the, the um, high quality surgeon comes into to play. Okay. The question that I have mm -hmm. is let's talk a little bit about contact uh, lenses. Cause I mean, you know, there were hard contacts, there were soft contacts, um, but you had to take them out. And now there are actually contacts that you can, can sleep in. Can you tell us about those and do you recommend them? Yes, I can tell you. No, I do not recommend them. <laughs> there we go. Moving right along. No. You know. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> I, asked about it because I, I went to a conference and uh, I did not realize that my partner wore glasses. And she says, oh, no, I have the contacts that you can sleep in. And I thought to myself, I thought you really weren't supposed to sleep in contacts. So I'm like, it's a question when I get Dr. Richardson on the show. Oh, so tell, tell, talk to us about it. So their contact lenses that have, they have, there's contact lenses, they've been approved for overnight wear for years mm -hmm. now. Um, the concept is good, but mm -hmm. the actuality I mean, think about it. You're leaving this thing in your eye that has what accumulated about? whatever is in the environment that day. So mm -hmm. you're outside you're getting dust, dirt, whatever bacteria are, are in your on your hands or, you know, shook hands and you rub someone's uh, rubbed your eye. So all this stuff is going to be on your contact lens. And so for you to go to sleep with that. It just doesn't sound good. And mm -hmm. all of my nightmare, I mean, literally nightmare cases have come from people who have slept in their contact lenses. Because what happens is once you do get a microorganism in your eye, it gets trapped behind the lens. It, it doesn't have anywhere to go. And a lot of microorganisms, they love healthy cornea. The nutrients in cornea are just fantastic for microorganisms. And they will literally just eat a hole through your cornea. And that's what a corneal ulcer is. Very mm -hmm. painful. And depending on where the bacteria have been eating through your cornea, it can lead to, um, to blindness, literally. Or just like a huge scar where you're looking through a, um, a dirty window every day. So... Mm -hmm. You know, as far as leaving lenses in, sometimes if you have a really high prescription and you've been out late one night and you don't have anything to put your contact lenses in, it's like, okay, you leave them in for a night, oh, you'll be okay. But people that leave them in for weeks, I've even seen months, I'm just like, oh my goodness. And it's interesting how I've had healthcare providers leave their contact lenses in for a month and I'll show them. The other thing is, Yes. Remember I was telling you earlier that the cornea is a clear tissue and there's no blood vessels on it, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a clear tissue called avascular tissue. Well, when you get this contact lens on there, now you have something that's covering your eye. Your cornea gets oxygen from the air. So when your eye is open, you're getting oxygen from the air, from the front, and you get some oxygen from the back of your eye. Once you cut this supply of oxygen off, well, the body's an incredible thing. So your cornea is dying of 
it's not it's not getting oxygen. So the mm -hmm. body says, well, where can I get oxygen from? Well, there's oxygen in blood. Right, Dr. Brian Bruce? Right, so right. Now, what happens is the cornea starts to grow blood vessels <laughs> to get oxygen to a tissue that is being starved of oxygen. These blood vessels start growing and they can look pretty ugly. They're faulty blood vessels. They're not supposed to be there. So they have weak uh, walls. They can actually start to leak blood onto your cornea and leave mm -hmm. huge scars. And it, it just gets ugly. The, it's a mess. The, the good point about it is that when you get these blood vessels growing, known as neovascularization, once you remove the contact lens and let the cornea get uh, oxygen, the blood vessels, they go away. There's going to be a little sheath, a little uh, line where they were, but they'll go away. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't hurricane age, tell all your friends they're sleeping in contact lenses. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> they're, they're listening Just to the show right now. Say no. Worldwide news. No. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. There you go. There you go. Okay. Also, now, I think this is going to be another don't do for you. But uh -oh. what about these people who are using contacts as a fashion statement and they're changing the colors of, of their eye by putting contacts in when they don't necessarily need contacts? What is your thought on that? You know, my thought on that is that if they're actually fit properly mm -hmm. by a optometrist mm -hmm. do it my mm -hmm. problem is when you have people going to the swap meet and buying these colored contact lenses i don't know if you're aware of that you, yeah. you can actually but buy you can contact lenses in a swap from, meet. and that, that's yeah. a scary thought because most of the swap meets <laughs> into um for starters they're not the most sanitary places okay. and anybody and everybody is selling whatever you know thank you and and people are buying contact lenses with swap meets and they're using them and i mean once again the three of us are sitting here saying why would you do that and you'd be surprised how many people are they do it so i imagine that some of those contacts are are fake contacts not necessarily cheap even quality material yeah I, 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 they're very cheap yep. yeah yeah, some of them do come from different countries. Absolutely. Actually, you can order online Very these similar. things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon's great. Uh, I'm not mad at Amazon. Uh, no, no, I love my Amazon that. too, but things that go in your body, that go on your tissues, that go in your mouth, and that go on your skin, I tell patients, leave those alone don't get them from amazon because you don't know where they're coming from and in spite of the fact that they may say that their brand the knockoffs are really exceptionally good these days so leave that alone if it if you know if your body can in some way consume it and if you're putting something on your eyes that's a direct portal for your for your body so not amazon not Amazon, not the swap mate. Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to your point, I mean, there's an optometry almost everywhere. You can go and get your prescriptions, whatever, you know, get a, a nice script. 
make sure you test them out and, and you get them from a, you know, a, a good source. That's it. Yes. Yes. You know, doctor, you mentioned something earlier, uh, the word optom- uh, optom- optometry, but then also you mentioned ophthalmology. So, uh-huh. so can we just clarify that for our folks? Because, you know, which, which one is which? Cause it sounds like it's, it's doing the same thing, but just for our audiences, what would be the, the main differentiator? Well, there's the, the three, um, um, the three O's that people confuse, confuse are optician, optometrist, ophthalmologist. Okay. <laughs> so your optician is the one who is going to actually um, fit your glasses, take the um, uh, measurements, Optician can also grind the lenses. That's called a bench optician, where they actually fabricate your glasses. They make them. Hmm. Um, optometrist, doctor of optometry. We have to go through a um, um, minimum of four years of optometry school. We can do uh, internships and residencies in other special areas. We diagnose, treat disease. Okay, um, We do everything that's pretty much non um non-surgical we can do minor surgeries so if you came into my office and you're a worker you're doing some construction you're banging a a nail on some metal metal goes into your Mm -hmm. eye you come into my office i can remove that metal out of your eye so things like that they're called foreign bodies we can do minor surgery we can you know let's say take things out of your eyes um once again we do uh the exams for glasses contact lenses for vision therapy people who have eyes that turn in or turn out there's treatment for that there's exercises for that but we are fully trained to to diagnose and treat disease um you know glaucoma is one of them um in certain states now we're actually able to use uh lasers to do um to treat certain uh aspects of the eye uh, that number is growing. We have about 10 states now. We just had the bill in California, and the governor would not pass it. Boo. Boo in our governor. Boo. Yeah, I'm, not get, I'm not supposed to get political. You, you, okay. You, no, no, no. no. You don't, get, don't get the doctor started here because <laughs> we, we've, had, we've had challenges before. So, <laughs> so our ophthalmologist is a doctor who actually goes to med school and then goes to um, study strictly the eye. And the ophthalmologist is the one who can actually do major surgeries such as uh, cataract surgery, uh, retinal repair for retina detachments and things like that. Um, certain types of um, surgery to, and I was talking about um, eyes that turn in or eyes that cross out. I say we can do exercises, whereas an uh, ophthalmologist can actually go in and alter the muscles to try to straighten the eyes out. So mm-hmm. ophthalmology, mostly the main difference is that they uh, can do surgery. And um, we don't do any major surgery. But as far as mm-hmm. treating uh, disease, diagnosing and treating disease, you know, we, we have um, many similarities. Thank you, Doc. Okay. And then one of the things that you did uh, talk about in, in minor surgery, and that one kind of, you know, piqued my uh, interest because I do do some work in occupational medicine area. And we get a lot of workers that get the, the, the little metal shards uh, <laughs> in their eyes. And I, I just wanted to say, you know, if you're a worker 
and you have something fly into your eye, particularly if you feel like your eye is scratchy or, um, you know, you feel something in the eye, please do go and see the optometrist. A lot of times it's what we call a corneal abrasion, where that little film that uh, Dr. Richardson talked about has been uh, nicked or scratched and they're very, very painful. They heal very quickly. But sometimes, you know, even though you say, oh, well, it might look like a speck or I don't even see anything, if a little shard of metal has entered the eye, sometimes you cannot see it. Um, or sometimes it'll just look like a little fleck on your eye, but it'll actually be a shard and it needs to be removed by an, optom an optometrist. If you don't go and get it done right away, it becomes a bigger problem because it can cause a rust ring in the eye. And that's a much more uh, extensive thing to have to, to remedy. So, and if, You've got one in your eye and it moves. It can cause damage to the interior of the eye. So if you have something that flies into your eye, don't blow it off. Go get it checked. It's, it's your vision. And, it, you know, it's not worth losing your vision to save a few dollars. And Dr. Brian Bruce, going on what you preach, prevention, wear safety glasses. <laughs> <laughs> goggles, Thank goggles. You okay, and wear safety. your safety goggles before you exactly. start banging on metal. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And uh, before you start banging on metal, before you start mowing the lawn or using the weed whacker, all of those things, oh, wear your safety safety glasses. Don't be cool. It's okay to, to I mean, get some, get some really cool safety glasses, but wear the safety glasses. And Perfect. speaking of safety glasses, again, going back on the sunglasses thing, Dr. Richardson, am I correct that eyes do get sunburned too? Oh, eyes can get sunburned. Those are um, um, situations where that's very painful. A lot of times we see sunburned eyes like uh, when um, you go snow skiing and you don't have any protection, The you get these radiation burns. Or sometimes from uh, um, being around water in the intense um, intensity of the sun reflecting off of the surface can really do some damage. Eh, painful very painful i mean your eye the cornea will regenerate and heal but the process it's 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 not pleasant so yes so, once again prevention 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 prevention, prevention. sunglasses are cool sunglasses are way cool so prevention mm -hmm. prevention right. so dr hurricane i mean hurricane <laughs> do we have uh any more questions? I mean, I can think of a hundred million, but uh, any any pressing, burning questions for Dr. Richardson uh, tonight? Uh, no, I mean, I, you covered a lot. I mean, uh, how we reach here, people, uh, you know, uh, that are uh, in need of help in the area, can they reach you? I mean, the website or information, location that they can come to or, um, you know, that kind of thing, just to, because we want to put that on the description of the show so people can actually have access to you. Yes. Well, um, my website is pismoi.com. And um, as I have a, a office email on that. I have a phone number. Any questions, please reach out. Please reach out. Anything I can do to assist, I'm more than happy. Thank you. 
That's it for me. <laughs> I, I, I did get the website correct. So the website will be listed on with the show. So people will be able to, to reach you. And again, you can always reach any of our guests by reaching out to us. And then I'm going to do a little self-plug here for right now, unabashedly. Uh, my partner, uh, Commander Alex, Commander Alex Wright, um, she and I are working on our Midlife Mastery program, and we have a workshop that will be coming out in January. It is current for January 23rd, and it is called Mojo Rising. So think about it, and we'll tell you more about it as time goes by, but Mojo Rising, you want to be there. So. Sounds those of you who are uh, navigating those midlife waters, come on and join us for that mojo rising. So, like I said, unabashed, unashamed plug for our program coming up January twenty third. Actually, we'll put that too. I mean, it is it is important, so people need to know, and uh, they can sign up. And hey. I think for the next Absolutely. few shows, we'll just make it a, as a standard announcement, you know, as a trailer, Absolutely. you know, until, until it happens. And we'll drop little tidbits to give you a little bit more information as to what's coming down the pike with it. And just for the record, our website, uh, Cheryl Bryant Bruce MD, has been revitalized and updated, and you can get loads of information we'll have calendars and such and so as events are coming up uh, those will be listed as i have speaking engagements coming up those will be listed our, our classes uh, we do have an app coming up epic performance app and when the app is available that will also be listed on the website so you know check back on our website often and you'll be able to see what we have that has come out recently and certainly check back on the network often and you can see the shows that are coming up and the shows that have already been and i would just like to remind everybody that these shows are not a one-shot deal if you didn't hear the first part of the show and you thought it was really interested and you want to hear uh, more of what Dr. Richardson or any of the, our other guests say, or you thought it was so interesting that you want to hear it again, these shows air two times each week. And even when the show is done airing in its cycle, uh, we do have these shows evergreen on YouTube and, and Vimeo and lots of other places. And for those of you who do not have um, access or you don't want to watch the show uh, on a screen, you want to hear it while you're driving to work, we do have the podcast. This show will be showing up as a podcast and the podcast also uh, do the same thing twice a week they're on the network and then they are in places like spotify so this information is out there for you eat it eat it like well, dinner you will find those shows you will listen to them you will watch them there's no way you can miss them just everywhere that is 
podcast radio kind of concept or visual you'll have them social media you'll have them and you you, you can also just go to the website you know either one of the websites our dnbctvnetwork.com or your uh uh, iHealthRadioUSA.com plus Dr. Cheryl's, you know, website. So you'll have that available to you. And uh, I, I shave to you, Hurricane. Hurricane, I mean, this man's amazing. Uh, he pretty much works round the clock on this network because we're not the only show on the network. And he, it's everywhere. You know, he he comes up with platforms that I've never even heard of. I was like, where do you even find that platform? <laughs> but he finds them all. So this show is everywhere. We are worldwide. We are not just a national show. We are now a worldwide show. So, I, was, I was just looking at the stats and, you know, all over. I mean, from Australia to Africa, Europe. Canada, I mean, you name it, and I, I can go deeper, but not for the purpose of the show. But, but I mean, everywhere, folks, you're listening, you're watching, you can get the the, the real mojo, the real stuff, and uh, you know, you get the resources as well and the access. And this information yeah. is valuable. I mean, this is like so, so much learning today, just for me personally. I mean, we've picked up yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And one thing about the show, like I said, you know, it, it, the idea is to educate, inform and entertain but i think that hurricane and i actually have uh we have more fun with this show than uh anybody else i mean you know we're we're having fun sharing it with you but goodness the education that we get every week because we have to be here every week so the education that we get every week by the time this show goes off the air which we hope will be never uh we'll be some of the smartest people around so uh we definitely are, are having a good time uh doing doing this show and we love you our guests that come and and share the information with us and we love you our audience that that comes and consumes this information we hope that it's providing you great value and will help you to optimize your optimize your health so dr richardson thank you so much for for joining us and uh, you know you, you you know like i said this is my bestie so it's always good to see a friend and um, thank you we'll so much for having me you hurricane ace this has been a wonderful wonderful uh like you said fun time and once again thank you so much i'm glad i could contribute and um once again i'll be looking forward to to seeing more great things from the two of you okay so i hope everyone has a great evening and um once again i wish you much success okay thank you sir okay good night now everyone <laughs>